And welcome everybody, every everybody, welcome everybody, if I can talk properly, to episode number 110 of the Average Man Podcast, that was Ted Nugent with Stranglehold, baby. Now, why Stranglehold? Well, because that's what our government has us in, a stranglehold. If you don't believe it, open your eyes and have a look around, man, because we're living in a police state. So I'm not going to go on about that too much now, I will revisit and uh, we can get into it a little bit later. Look, this week's going to be a double episode because I actually recorded um, an episode mid last week, Tuesday last week, um, recorded it and I didn't end up releasing it because so what happened was I had a guest teed up. Um, if you're listening to this one, this one, you've probably already listened to the last one. Um, I had a guest teed up. That was Ernie Dingo. Ernie Dingo let me down. Um, I came in here and did a podcast anyway and sort of told the story about how that came to never be and and then just shared some of my opinions uh, at the time of what was going through my head and it was all pretty pretty negative and I just thought, oh, I don't know if I need to go releasing that. Um, I didn't have very much positive to say so I just left it on the, um, on the shelf in the can as they say and then I'm thinking about it this morning and I thought you know I'm going to do an episode today there's been a bit of a gap now because Ernie fucked me up and then last week I'm going to have my um, my work do which I fucked myself up stitched myself up for several days um, in a row well one day but the, the repercussions lasted for several days in a row and I thought you know what I actually still feel the same about all the stuff I said so um I think I'm just going to release it. I am. I'm going to release them both. So that's, that'll be there, episode number one, 109, which was called Bad Company because that's what I felt like last week when I recorded it, and then this one here now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where we're at. And as I said, I'll revisit some of my opinions on the current state of affairs in the police state that is Western Australia and Australia, the larger population of Australia at the moment. So first of all, first week of the heat has kicked in here in Port Hedland. We're like, uh, where are we, halfway through November, I think? About, uh, sorry, November. December, not quite, no, we're at the start of December. Oh, I was, I was all discombobulated there for a second. Um, we were... We were um, we're in the middle of the, the yeah, whatever, we're in the, we're the start of December, I'm getting my head together, see what happens man, the government man, they're restricting our information man, we're all over the place like the Chinese, the Chinese public man, we don't know what's going on, nah, just me just tripping out, um, we're in the, the first week of December, the heat's kicked in man and it's kicking my ass and most of the people that I talk to uh, at the moment it always happens the first week when the heat really really settles in it just knocks you around you're always lethargic and exhausted and you don't know why and I've been eating and sleeping good since the last week's last weekend's um, Christmas do shenanigans and just not getting any better so, um, yeah, it's just the heat. The kids are like that as well and all the teachers and everyone's just feeling a bit smashed from that. And for me, it's a double-edged sword because I'm also – I've been back on the tools a little bit lately for the first time in, in ages. You know, just the when, when things were busy, I wasn't able to get the tool belt on and really commit to doing any sort of um, stringing any work together, you know, an hour or two here and then, and like physical work, and it was all organising, running around on the phone at the office, uh, visiting multiple jobs a day, all that kind of crap. Um, whereas now things have really slowed right down at work. I've actually um, come to a point where most of the little, I still have little bits and pieces that pop up throughout most days and take me away for for 
period of time, but I'm actually able to do like hours of work on end at a time as well. And in this heat, it's just been smashing me a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's 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 happening. And 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 I kind of it's coincided with a bit of a change in my training as well like I've been lifting like heavy and doing a lot of weights training this year really was enjoying it um, and looking forward to getting back into it next year but just I came to a point where heaps of niggles popped up I've got tennis elbow both elbows I've had for ages and then um, a few niggles here and there and then last week I think it was I was doing a a shoulder workout and I just my shoulders just gave out I, I couldn't lift my hand up sort of above my head on, on one side of my body I know what that's all about I got the detachable shoulders from way back so um, I thought this is time to I'm feeling a bit flat with the heat and everything as well and my hangover that just that hung around um, so it was a good time to change things up so I changed my training up a little bit doing heaps more cardio and circuit training and stuff which I've in the back of my mind I've missed for years I haven't done that stuff for ages so getting back into the, the circuit training it was a good way to mix things up and like refocus and get new motivation to train for to get me through the rest of the year so that's um, yeah, that's happened. And Christmas, man, as I said, things are a bit slow at work, so that kind of took the wind out of my sails as well. I like to be busy. I like to be flat out and have like a hundred things going at once and try and juggle them all. And the days just sort of rip by, rather than having things slow down. We're doing like eight-hour days at work at the moment. Um, which sounds nice. It is nice, but it's the, the the greater um, point there is that things have slowed right down. This time of the year, it's not what you want. You just want to. Uh, hit the finish line at full steam really in my opinion um i'd rather like cruise back into the actually that's not true it's better to hit the ground running in the start of the year as well and just be swamped that first week and then like just go all right well holidays are over i'm back at work if you have a slow start to the year it can kind of be hard to get back into the swing of things um but yeah it's that christmas is coming quick even though things are slow man it's like it's there's two weeks of work left. Two weeks of work left, man. Um, pretty bloody stoked about that. We have the Darwin trip to look forward to. Apparently, hopefully. Um, oh, wow, I wasn't even recording on the the phone. So if you're watching the YouTube for this, um, I'm just coming in about ten minutes into the podcast. No one watches the YouTube anyway. I wonder who am I kidding? Um, Look, uh, it, yeah, we're, we're really hoping that that old Mark McGowan, yeah, um, our little mini fiefdom dictator, doesn't um, screw things up for us again and put a lockdown in place for or, or quarantine, as I, I should say, mandatory quarantine in place for people coming back from interstate. Like, um, uh, uh, even when there's no logical reason for it, if you're not coming from a hot spot and you can test negative and you're double vaccinated and all that kind of shit, uh, just a blanket quarantine anyway if he does if he does that we'll have to really reconsider what we're doing for christmas um but you know we've booked flights accommodation we're excited about it we're, we're you know the kids are super super jacked and and, and ready to go on a holiday uh, and i really don't want to break their little hearts again and have to tell them that there's another holiday cancelled because that barley thing last year was just rough man like that was rough to to drop that on the kids at the last minute um so I may go uh, postal service as well and just freak out and go on a, a, a um, you know, a, a violent spree down Perth. Um, and if the the state gets locked down again, just flip my lid proper styles, you know, why not? Fuck it. Um, obviously that was a joke. Don't fucking come after me. I'm not going to go running people over in fucking crowded areas or anything. Um, but no, nah, I'm seriously, I, I will be spewing if that, 
is fucked up again for, for like really no reason, no real scientific legitimate reason. I'm going to get into that later. I'm just going to stay away from it for now. Um, we've got a bunch of things, a bunch of things like we wanted to do there. A, a, a mate from work, a Darwin um, boy, so he's been like, he actually just, I just saw just before he sent me through a text, like a list of shit, um, must do stuff in Darwin. We're staying sort of near the waterfront slash CBD uh, area. Um, so like there's we're looking at checking out a river cruise and, and like doing the lights in the CBD and maybe a Christmas pageant. Um, I'm sure Darwin City City itself, like the CBD, will go like full ham for Christmas. Um, there's a wave pool nearby. Apparently, super super good pub scene and that in in, in Darwin. And check out a couple of like Litchfield National Park. Um, we'll probably hire a car for a day or two and do some of those like journeys a little bit further out. Um, so super stoked because I haven't done Darwin before. And you know, the kids are excited. It's full wet season. It'll be hot and muggy and sticky, like proper proper Darwin. Um, you know, people keep saying that. Oh, you're going to Darwin for Christmas time? It's going to be bloody hot. It's like, yeah, well, I, I live in Port Edland for one, and I'm not going to be working. Two, I'm just going to be holidaying and eating and drinking and sitting in aircon and sitting in pools and just I can work up a sweat and know that I got a cold beer and a pool waiting for me when I'm when I'm done. So I'll be right. We'll all be all right. We do barley. We've done barley this time of year plenty of times. And yeah, it's hot, sticky, and, and you just love it. It's awesome. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, things are sort of starting to fall in place this time of year as well. We had the um, the car, the Prado, up for sale. For, for it, was, it started to drag on. It's like four or five weeks there um, at the end. Um, and I had to drop the price a little bit and then I noticed there was, you know, certain cars up on Dreamers Corner as well who like, if you follow the market currently still because of the whole COVID situation, a couple of positives for, for, for um, if you're a seller this time of the year, this time of um, our life, um, the market's all inflated and Prados of that year, like I know what they were going for, um, you know, and following online ads and what other people have their cars up for, uh, marketplace and dreamers and shit like that. And, and, and there's like a genuine, just a, a, a gen, uh, general, that's the word, general market that's just been set and cars have been selling for that much. And then there's this dudes who put their car up for sale like five, six, seven grand cheaper than the than the average going rate. And I guess they just want a quick sale or whatever. It just stuffs it up for the rest of us because all of a sudden there's someone with a similar car to you, uh, six grand cheaper, sitting right next to it. You're like, yeah, you bloody prick. You know what are you doing? The market, man. You're ruining the market. That's not what the they're going for. Um, you know, admittedly, most of those cars when I looked at them, they were like they were autos and they were all shit inside, and maybe they had similar or lower Ks, but they just they weren't in as good a condition. And then you know, like last week there was one sitting right next to my car for like two grand less. It looked basically identical. Real good, Nick. Even had the awning on the side, which I pulled off ours. I was like, God, these pricks, man. They've underpriced their car and then they're doing like harming me. And that was only there for a day. So I'm sure they sold it that day because they had underpriced it and it just flew off the shelf, so to speak. Um, and I'd had a couple of offers, which were like six, five, six grand lower than what I wanted. Um, and was wasn't really keen on them, but then it just started to drag out. I didn't want the car sitting there like another thing to look after over Christmas and more retro coming up next year, uh, you know. And just well, what that money freed up for the Christmas period, I got things to do with that cash, and it was starting to drag on a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to have to drop the, the price down again, and I might not end up bargaining, getting bargained down to the original price that I said no to two weeks ago, you know. And like started to. I hate selling cars. I just started to like become like a thing. I was starting to dread it. 
and then on Friday I got a call um, from a lady on the phone. She just goes, hey, I was standing here looking at your car. I was like, silence on the phone. I was like, oh, yeah, you want me to pop down? I'll pop down and, and meet you. Yeah, 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 no worries. Hung up. I was like, okay, very straightforward, straight to the point, no worries. Jump in the car, cruise down there. Uh, hop out and there's this there's this uh, mob there, two fellas, uh, two two ladies and a, and a baby in an old beat up Commodore. Uh, jump out, hey how you going? Yeah, good, good, good. And they were end up being uh, a mob from from out Nullagon way. And this is sort of what I was hoping. I was hoping like some some black fellas from from one of the communities or something were in town and wanted a good a good rig to take out bush would just come and just sweep it up because it's a good car, man. It's a good car. Um, you start looking at just. Like like family buyers like myself, um, you know, who are in the market for a full blown yeah family car to drive around town as an everyday driver, and then they start going over the whole vehicle and any small cosmetic imperfections have become like a oh yeah what about this what about that, and the car's in good condition. The car was priced well, that's why I was being stubborn with the price. Nothing wrong with the vehicle, but again, it's a ten or nine or nine year old vehicle now that's done you know it's been a family vehicle and done outback traveling and in the bush and beach and had dogs in it and like they're, they're not perfect vehicles and the more you look the more little things you can find so i was just you know couldn't be bothered with that whole negotiation process but these fellas just rocked up and then as soon as i got out of the car I said hey how you going guys you like, like the car and they go yeah 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 let's go to the bank and i was like oh right oh uh, do you want to go for a drive <laughs> um they're like yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, go for a drive. Yeah, no worries. Threw on the keys, jumped in, went for a fang down the street. Old mate stalled it a couple of times and, and was getting the feel for it. Just talked him through the setup of the gear and, and everything. And, and, he, and he jumped in and, and went for a bit of a cruise. He looks over me and he's, and he's like, yeah, 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 very quiet. The dude driving was pretty quiet, didn't say very much. Like, yeah, 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 good car, good car. I said, yeah, that's no, a good car, bro. Went for a bit of a cruise, turned around, come back. I was just chatting to them. They were telling me they're, they're mob from Nullangon and, and they, they're going to go out bush um, prospecting. They've got a little spot they want to go out and hit and do some prospecting. And basically, they want a car to go to go hit bush. I was like, perfect. So I get back to the Dreamers and jump out and go, so what do you reckon? You like it? Thinking there might be a little bit of, you know, half thinking there might be a little bit of haggling to go on. And they just went, yeah, yeah no worries. We're just going to go to the bank. So um, you want to come follow us? And I was like, Fucking easy. Uh, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, well, I'll go back to work. I've got, I've got shit to do. You go to the bank, chat to the bank manager and whatever and, and, and um, give me a call when you you know what you're doing with the cash. And I said, yeah, no worries. We'll give you a call and jump back in the car and took off. And the reason I didn't follow them out there was because I knew that they are going to have to go out and sort it out, what they were doing. You can't go get that much money out from the bank just on the spot without any without um, you know prior warning. There was a large amount of money to transfer and shit like that, and I had shit to do at work. So I let them go out there and, and talk to the bank manager and try and sort it out. And they called me back, and I spoke to the bank manager, and basically we came up with a plan of how we could transfer that much money in one hit, and then I had to go down to the bank and, and meet them and get it sorted. And it was so funny, man, because the dude's got one dude's got the money. He's got no phone, so he's got to use his missus' phone number. He's got, he's got the money in his bank. He's got no license. So then the dude I'm transferring the car to is the fellow that was driving when we tested it. He's got the car. He's got the driver's license. So he's doing all the transfer papers. It's just a, it's a funny setup, man. It's just different to what, you, what, you, what you're used to. They were buying a car like as a group, you know what I mean, and didn't want to fuck around, haggle with price. Yet they like the car. That's the price. Just buy it. Sorted. I'll go get cash out. 
you know, it was the bank that made it difficult. Not not that it was difficult, but it was the bank that complicated things. And they just wanted to, yeah, like the car, here's cash, fucking sweet. And it was fucking done and dusted. Took a few hours to sort out with the bank and all that sort of shit and then get the transfer papers done and dusted. But, yeah, they drove off in the car that afternoon. Too good. I'm, I'm stoked. They're stoked. They got a good car. Like I said, they don't care about small little cosmetic um, imperfections. They're going to take that thing out of bush, go, go prospecting, and fucking it's going to – going to do the job for him so it was a win-win-win all around man i was bloody stoked and good to get rid of that thing too this time of year so it's just funny dealing with a man like this so cruisy so straight to the point not there to fuck around they just this is what they wanted just sort it out let's get going so <laughs> fucking was awesome mate loved it it was like cheese and chalk from a, um like a croatian or something fella i was chatting to a couple of weeks earlier who's trying to ha- Haggle me on every single detail Talking about the spare tyre And what about this and that Walking around touching every square inch of it Pushing, pushing, pushing price down And talking about this car And that car he's looking at And, and I'm just, it was hard work man I was just, And I wasn't budging Because you know, it had only been up for a couple of weeks Week and a half or something It's just cheese and chalk He's just trying to squeeze it down And get a car that's really from another price bracket Trying to pay that amount for my car, so I said to him, I mean, "If that's what you want to spend, here's here's the cars you're looking at. There's 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 they're older, they're they're more worn out, they're automatics. They're, this is you're looking at a different different kind of car. No, 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 and pushing and haggling and, and anyway, that fell through, and I'm glad it did because these guys fucking got what they wanted. I got what I wanted. It was a win-win situation. Bloody beautiful, mate. You gotta love the Pilbara. Um. <sighs> What what else happened last week? Even though I was hungover as an absolute mongrel last weekend after the the work on Friday night, um, I man- managed to scrape my soul and some of my physical um, body together on the Sunday and went out for a dive just out the front out off Sutherland Street, man. And it was bloody. I mean, the water was alright, but it was bloody mint because I was in the water. I loved it. Went for a dive. Um, actually, some pretty good bombies out there. Heaps of fish, little fish, a lot of little fish, um, a few decent-sized blueies that were real skittish and just hanging around on the outside that we didn't get uh, a decent shot at between the three of us, but they're out there. Um, uh, some cool other wildlife turtles. I saw a big shovel-nosed ray that was like massive. Head was like a metre across. thing would have been two metres long. Uh, cruising through some sea, sea snake and shit, and a bunch of little Spanish flag, which I reckon next time I'll target a couple of those and try and shoot a couple of a couple of flag because that would have been size, and there was a, there was a few of them out there. And I think some of those Northwest snapper were hanging around as well. Um, I wasn't quite sure on that because I'm really bad with fish species if they're not like a real uh, distinct looking fish because of my because of the color blindness. I have like a disconnect, just. Noticing and being able to identify species, so shit like that are really again the iconic fish. I'm 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 fine with uh, up here. You know your blue bone Chinaman trout. You know in the creeks your barra jacks. I can pick because I've caught a bunch of them. Obviously um, cod, but then there's shit Spanish flag. I can because the yellow stripes down. But there's a bunch of fish that I'm just not quite sure about. Uh, mostly snapper outside of the jacks. I'm not real sure about. And I'm, you know there's a lot of species that I, I can't. The, the differences in their colour, the, like the little nuances and shit. So I'm pretty bad at it. It makes me a little bit trigger um, shy sometimes as well, hesitant because I don't want to shoot something that's not a good eating fish. I've done that before and it sucks. Um, so, 
but I'm pretty sure there's some decent flag out there as well. And I know there's some, some some snapper. If I can get a better idea of what they actually look like on them underwater, it's you know as well when the water's a bit grainy and my goggles kept fogging up. I need to put some some baby shampoo or something in them next time because they're fogging up pretty bad. It pissed me off. Um, get a bit of clearer view. There's some fish out there to shoot, man, and it was windy as as hell. Try and watch my language. It was windy as hell out there, but the water was still good. You stick your hand underwater and it was reasonably clear. Like you can definitely get far better days, but it wasn't too bad. So I enjoyed that. I'm going to get back out. Hopefully next neeps it's get some clear water and I can get back out the front there. I kind of got the bug back a little bit. Um, and my boys came to try um, some diving as well. He did a little bit of snorkeling when we went to Cleaverville a few weeks back and, and he's been talking about it a fair bit um, lately too. So I'm keen to get him back in the water. Um, put, get him some snorkeling kit that fits him for um, for Christmas, which will be cool, and he can come out the front with me. Like that's something we can do together. We can go out there, jump in the water, and have, have a bit of a paddle um, straight out the front of our house. So we we'll have to build him up to to get out there because it's a good hundred meters out off the shore. So you know, but that's something he, we can do together. I'm sure he'd he'd um, be pretty pretty fascinated about with it. I probably wouldn't take the spear gun when I go out there with him. Just go out for a snorkel and get him used to being in the water. Um, yeah, and and that brings me to the next thing. I'm going to do a little bit of a, a bit of a review uh, on a YouTube series. A lot of people know about the Young Blood spearfishing um, guys, particularly Brody Moss. Um, my boy loves his show. He's just sort of started watching a fair bit of it lately, and um, which has prompted me to, to watch a fair bit of it with him. Um, you know, when we're chilling out during the you know, the middle of the hot days on a weekend. Um, and I'll be honest, it's it's better than I thought that it was because I've got him on Instagram and I'll watch some of his YouTube shit. Not really much of his YouTube shit, but I've, I've got him on Instagram. I'll watch clips of him on there sometimes. Um, but I always, always just sort of had it on on mute and I'd just watch some of his little clips and see the water and, and you know, like the scenery more than anything. And had it, it had, and, and, and uh, I had the same thing with All for Adventure. A mate of mine came up when we went to Cleverville a month or so ago and um six weeks ago whatever it was and he got me into all for adventure and i hadn't really got into them because i just i thought they were super commercial and and just didn't think it was for me um and then i actually watched a few of those with him i was like oh this is awesome man i'm i'm, I'm digging this these dudes are right real right they're, they're they're the real deal it is super produced and they got a narrator and shit like that which i'm you know i prefer it when it's a little more stripped back than that, but it's a good show, and the guys are for real, and they do some cool shit, and you know they've got some good gear and good tips and all that sort of stuff. So I'm definitely um, a bit of a convert to the All for Adventure, and I think I'm a bit of a convert to to the to, to Brody Moss's shit as well from Youngblood. So I had an opinion that he was a bit like a bit douchey, and I think part of that comes from the fact that he can be, he can have some douchey moments on there that are a bit cringy. Um, but you know he's filming himself for hours and hours and hours at a time, weekend after weekend after weekend, or day after day after day. Um, a lot of footage. He's got to put on some sort of personality. Like I'm sure he is a very high, strung or, or, or high, not strung, but uh, uh, like a very energetic, um, you know, sort of out there kind of kind of guy. I think he's ADHD or something, and he obviously gets excited about what he's doing. But I'm sure that he turns that up to eleven for the camera because you. So it's got to be entertaining. I've watched some other guys. We watched another dude um, yesterday. I won't say the name of it, um, but he's doing a very similar thing to to Brody Moss. He looked like Brody Moss, um, shooting, shooting, trying to shoot fish in the shallows with a bow and arrow, and crab hunting, you know, with a claw and by hand and shit like that through the mud flats. And 
he was doing all the right things and saying all the right things. It just felt f- like flat. It felt hollow. It was like this dude doesn't have any personality. Um, it was hard to watch. I was like, oh, I just I watched the whole thing, but it just it just some it was weird. Could, couldn't quite put your finger on it. It was like a sort of like a clone of Brody, but he didn't have the personality there. So something was just missing. So I understand why he kind of hams his personality up to like eleven like that because it's got to be entertainment as well. You've got to be drawn in and. Um, and get excited with him, I guess, and he does his best to educate people along the way and all that sort of shit. And um, so I'll, I'll give him a bit of leeway on the douchiness for 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 all those factors. Um, and it's not as bad as I thought it was, to be honest. I think my opinion had been skewed a little bit because some some friends of mine, people that I respect their opinion, you know, like have have said some negative shit about him. Like people that spent time in Exmouth said they've met him and he was he was a bit of a, he was up himself or he was a douchebag or he was this or he's that. And I kind of took that as gospel and thought, oh yeah, yeah, I see that in him when I watch his shows. But I don't know. I don't know that I do, and I don't know that their opinion was um, an honest one. If it was maybe tinged with some uh, envy and jealousy, um, because he's out there killing it, doing it, doing the damn thing. And I really understand the the human propensity towards that envious, jealous sort of. Um, Vibe that we can we can get and that that rut we can get stuck in and and I'm I'm I've definitely been guilty of it myself especially a lot in the past and I think that's something I've worked hard on not to not to judge people and be envious and and shit on them because they're doing something that you wish you could be doing and you're not doing it and I think there's a little bit of that in those opinions of those of mates of mine who who've said that shit about him so I'm I'm very cautious of that and I think that that's probably a lot of what's going on there maybe they did meet him and he was a dickhead to him maybe they caught him on a bad day maybe he just was knackered because he'd been filming all day or he just was off because if you catch me at the shop on a random Tuesday afternoon I might not be in the mood to chat you know, I'll always try and be polite, but I might not be in the mood to say, hey, go, man, and you might get a different opinion of who I am because you hear me talking on here and, again, putting – not not faking who I am, but I'm definitely trying to put my best foot forward and, and turn it up to 11 so that you can – I can be engaging and, and interesting to listen to. And then you catch me on a Tuesday afternoon after a 10-hour shift working and it's hot and I just can't be bothered and i got to go pick the kids up and I've got dinner to make and I've fucking – you know, I've got a rash because my nuts have been rubbing against my leg or whatever it is that happens, you know, <laughs> real life problems, I might not be how you imagine me. So you got to give people some leeway for that as well, you know. So I think that I've, I've put that aside and been watching a lot of his shit. And he does – look, man, the dude does a, a great job. He does a really good job. I'm obviously a fan of the trip in a van, guys, um, and I think I've – I've struggled with a bit of envious envy and jealousy over what they're doing at times as well because I really want to be doing it. Um, but I've got to shelve that and just look at what they're doing, the content they're putting out. Again, they're in the front of the camera for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end, day after day after day. So to come across um, as pretty cool and maybe there's some things about them that you, you disagree with or, or annoy you or whatever, well, that's just human nature, isn't it? You're seeing a lot of these people's lives. So you've got to forgive those things. And not read too much into it. So, and I think I was talking about all for adventure just before, and it's great what they do. But what I really like about Brody stuff is the the personal, the personal touch. And it's no narrator and shit like that. It's him. It's, it's pretty much him 
always just talking to the camera. Um, Trip and Van do a really good job of putting little inserts in and like information at the top of the bottom or the bottom of the screen or coming back to something he spoke about he wasn't sure about and, and, and sort of um, rectifying it, all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. But it's cool to know that you can do it a little bit, a little bit more stripped back and be quite successful as well. Um, Brody's stuff really is just him talking to the camera and then them doing shit. He can do it with just one camera. He can do it with two cameras. Sometimes they got three and a drone, whatever. Like you can sort of see it's a bit more stripped back and still really engaging and still really successful, obviously, as well. So it's good to know that you can strip it back a little bit and people are still interested if the content's right and if the personality is there and if I think it's I think if it's authentic is really the main thing. Like if you obviously if you're authentic and you're boring, it's not gonna work. If you're authentic and you're and you're a dickhead, it's probably um, not gonna be as successful. But to 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 be um, a charismatic person, be doing cool shit, putting in all the time to get the good content and the good and the good um, uh, uh, you know um, footage. And then put the time in editing, you know, a lot of time editing, a lot, a lot of time editing. Um, then I think if you put all that together and it doesn't have to be super high end as far as um, having fadeaways and heaps of music and all the clips, uh, and all the shit written up in the top corners and all your sponsors flashing around the place, like, you know, it can be a lot more stripped back and still be really successful. So that's good to know, man. And that's sort of the way he does it. And, and, and again, out of the three, all for adventure, that's more professional, more like reminds me of the old school 90s TV shows a little bit, um, but that's fine. Still doing a good job. Trip in a van, um, really good the way they put the show together. It's It's got a very professional feel to it. Um, for me, recently anyway, just what I've been watching the last you know week or so, the the, the Brody Moss stuff, I, f- I feel he may do the better, the best job out of all of them of, of editing, just the flow of it. Um, a lot of action. Um. Yeah, the trip in a van stuff's really good too. But I, at the moment, I'm, I'm maybe because I haven't watched the trip in a van um, clip for a couple of weeks. But I'm edging him out in front with the editing prowess, just the flow of it, and it, it impresses me that these guys know how to put together a 45, 50 minute show that doesn't feel like a bunch of clips stuck together. It feels like a show um, with a, a, a beginning, middle, and end, um, shit like that. And and it's that's, I think that that when I get into doing it myself, I think that's going to be the hardest thing. People don't realise to put something together so it's like a story, like building a song or writing a book or you know telling a story, start, middle, finish um, with some sort of story arc. Um, is a little bit more difficult than you'd think. So I'm impressed with that, and I think he does a really good job of it as well. And his footage is great. Footage is bloody amazing. And he's got, obviously, a really good landscape to, to work with there as well. But he's out there putting the hours in, man. He really is. So um, I'm pretty impressed with that whole thing. And, um, yeah, again, my kid is, is bloody – my kid's bloody loving it. So I'm watching a fair bit of it at the moment. Um, yeah, and I'll – Try to be less prone to judging people off others' opinions or snippets of um, my own uh, exposure to them in the future. So, yeah. Again, he, the dude's young. I think he's under 30, man. He's under 30. He's in a unique situation where he is somewhat of a celebrity now, but he is just a normal bloke. Uh, a lot of people are envious because he's not working now. He's out diving and fishing and camping every single day. He's got a hot, you know, hot misses and all the gear. He's got a 79 series with a wicked Norwell canopy on the back and shit's all custom, big boat, nice house and like a big five-acre block. Like, there's shit to be envious of. You don't want to be a hater, but be inspired by people who are doing cool shit. What he's doing 
doesn't take away from you and what you can achieve in your life. It can just serve to inspire. He's not taking a slice of your pie. He's just taking a slice of the pie, and you can take your own as well. Is you know the way we got to look at it. And I heard a great quote um, today that I'm going to strive to do better at something I already knew and maybe have not focused on um, of late. Um, I've got a lot of whew, I've got a lot of personal goals to work on next year. I feel like I've had a bit of a a shit year in, in, in as far as personal personal goals go. Um, in like as in who I am as a person, I feel like I've gone backwards in some ways. But uh, I heard a great quote today that was, um, "Imagine life and any achievement you're trying to uh, um, you're trying to achieve, anything you're trying to achieve in life." Um, as a mountain you come across and you start climbing that mountain, you put in all this time, all this effort, you get really high up, really high up, like three quarters of the way up. You can see the peak and you can see that you can't get there. There's no way to get there. Uh, and then you see other people going up the mountain. You see them going up further than you, in front of you. You see other people down below. You see this and you realize all of a sudden that the only way to get further up that mountain is to go all the way back, back down to the bottom and start again people don't want to do that you've put all that time and you put all this effort in you've got some sort of stature because of what you've done and where you are and you have to go back down the bottom and find a new beginning and start all all over again people hate that a lot of people can succeed once or twice and they can't quite find that success throughout their life and multiple times in multiple different um, disciplines and i think that's something to be really aware of learning how to learn being humble ask questions always be ready to go down to the bottom of the heap and start all over again it can be hard because our egos get in the way but i think it's super necessary and all the most successful continually continuously successful people in life know how to do that so we should take a leaf out of their bloody book and um and yeah go get it guys that's an inspiring story for the day <laughs> uh 34 minutes do i even need to go okay quick breakdown quick Quick, quick. Oh, hang on. One, one other thing first. One other thing first. Um, I did reach out to uh, the Green, guys from Green Reapers recently, trying to get them to take me on their podcast when I go down to Perth next year. Have not heard back. Um, I know they go back and forth with all the Patreons. I'm a Patreon of one of them, Whitey. I might get onto one of the other fellas' Patreons as well and just show my face, say, hey, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm supporting you. I'd love the chance for you guys to bring me on your potty and have a chat to me and get me a bit more exposure as well. I think I'd have a good yarn with those two lads. Um, so, yeah, if anyone here listens to the Grin Reapers podcast, feel free to comment on their shit that you should have Average Man podcast on for a yarn because we'd love to hear it. A bit of cross-pollination. Um but I haven't heard back from them as of yet. But, you know, my, my message could be sitting in request or unseen or whatever, you know, like I'm sure they get shitloads of messages all the time. So I'm not going to read too much into that. I'll just try from another angle. Keep on keeping on. Tripping a van, I'll leave and broom in like a couple of weeks when the school um, year finishes. And uh, they said to me months ago before they got to broom or when they first got to broom that they would be keen to catch up and do the podcast when they came through Headland because they're going to spend a little bit of time here. And then they've been radio silent with me ever since. So I've sort of every month or so I've sent them a, a follow up message and just sent them one yesterday. So we'll see what happens with that. It'd be really nice for them to give me half an hour of their time when they come through town and just chat to me and, and, and let me, you know, yeah, sit down, give a man, give a brother a chance, man. I love what you do. I'm just trying to do my own thing here. It would be nice for them to follow through with that um that that offer, second time in a row, <laughs> offer to come and, and have a chat to me on the potty. Um, 
and yeah, hopefully we can get them both or one of them on here for for a yarn and 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 um see see what's up. I'd love to chat to those guys or at least one of them, like I said, and just sit down and have a quick quick chat, half an hour, get them in, get them out. Wouldn't fuck around too much. Be great. Um, and I'd love if they could get back to me and 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 um and let come on the potty. So we'll see what happens with that, mate. In the meantime, I'll just keep on keeping on. Ernie, let me down. I'm getting getting slapped out uh, down left, right, and centre, mate. But I will. Persist. I got thin. I got thin. I got skin thicker than leather, mate. It takes more than that to upset me and stop me. So I'll just keep on bloody trying. Before we get out of here, quick rant. Quick rant. And I actually don't feel like doing this. I think I've had a good potty, 37 minutes. I could just leave it right there and be happy with it. But I'm starting to feel that there's a bit of an obligation to speak up and to start pushing because we are getting fucking bullied, beat down, pushed around by our shit cunt government. Um, it's getting out of hand and I'd use that word specifically and deliberately because we're deep enough into the podcast now that um, I shouldn't uh, upset anyone too far early off the bat. Let me grab a drink. I'll be back for one last rant with Davo. I'll try and get through it relatively quickly. Hold on. Hey, well, you're not going to have to hold on. I'm just going to press pause, but I'm going to hold on. I'll be back. Righto. Western Australia. Uh, as of Friday... Uh, 77% fully vaccinated, right? The original goalpost, the original target was 80% fully vaccinated and they were going to open shit up and stop being cockheads and blocking us, locking us down in our own state and locking other people out and making you quarantine for two weeks when you go from state to state or, or anywhere that's been declared a hot spot. Friggin' hot spot. A state like Northern Territory with, you know, two million people in it, 17 people have... COVID and they call it an outbreak. That's not an outbreak, man. That's 17 people that are sick. If you didn't come in direct contact with those people, if you can produce a negative test, if you're double vaccinated, you should be allowed to do whatever the hell you want. Really, you should be allowed to do whatever the hell you want anyway, but understand state of emergency. We are trying to get hold of some sort of situation that we're not going to get hold of. So what they're doing, what they're doing is bullying us, beating us down slowly and slowly and slowly. They're just taking more and more control away from us, and we are letting them, mate. We are living in a police state. You listen to what the leaders and what, what people from independent media and, and other podcasts and shit are talking about and saying about us in Australia overseas. They cannot believe what's happening and what we're allowing to happen in the state that we are in right now. None of it makes sense. None of it's built on science. None of it's based on the World Health Organization's recommendations. This is just our... Premiers, because this is—I don't think this is even what the prime minister has said was going to happen. Our premiers are running their own little fiefdoms, their little dictatorships. They're all in a dick measuring competition uh, or a fanny flat measuring competition as to who has the most, the least amount of fucking COVID cases. Because I think it makes them look good. We need to get rid of these pricks the first chance we get because they don't give a fuck about the people. They don't care about us. They're not listening to us. They don't care about the science. They don't care about logics and what's logistical. They just care about their numbers and looking good. And it doesn't make any sense, mate. They are not our bosses. They are not our bosses. This isn't a workplace situation where the people, these people are above us and then there's a, they have the authority to tell us what we can and can't do. No, they are elected by us, the people, to help run different sections of government so that our lives run better because we are busy. We can't do it all ourselves. They work for us, but they're telling us what we can and can't do and we're swallowing that fucking pill. I feel like subtle control measures have been brought in over the last 20 or 30 years, slowly beating us down, slowly taking a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, and we, the Australian people, 
are left in this position where we are just we're, we're neutered we're like a cur dog that's been fucking kicked and is too scared to fight back and we just take it and when and we fight for the people that are controlling us and say that it all makes sense and we all have to get on board because there's so many scared people out there who, who who are terrified of anything outside of the norm they're terrified of, to go against what mainstream media tells them they're terrified to think for themselves this is not the way it fucking we, we come from a country that idolizes bush rangers uh, like Ned Kelly and fucking criminals like 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 chopper chopper read yet we we, we let the let we let the government fucking run us and own us like and act like fucking a bunch of convicts act like we're fucking living in a dictatorship we must have some sort of cultural fucking memory uh from from when we were a, a convict state all fucking bitten hit and beaten with a whip told what we can and can't fucking do and we've just fucking accepted it in our subconscious because it's fucking bullshit this is not the way our country's supposed to run we're nearly going on two years now and these lockdowns these quarantines all this bullshit is still in fucking play it doesn't make sense the numbers aren't there to support it the goals continually continuously fucking move they pretend to have all the data and all the information and know exactly what they're talking about and make mandates based on that data that changes daily changes weekly there's plenty of conflicting information and data from full-blown scientific facts and studies and researchers and virologists and epidemiologists that it just gets blocked on social media kicked off twitter shut down during the mainstream media's um uh, um narrative and and the media is being controlled by the government it's bullshit. People are lazy and they're scared to go and get the whole situation from and from several different stores, sources instead of fucking going and sourcing independent media sources to get some other uh, um, points of view and some actual data outside of what you've been fed. They just swallow what's given to us whole on the six, six o'clock nightly news. That's controlled by the government. The government are in bed with these companies that are selling the fucking vaccine. It's absolute bloody bullshit. Now, I admit I don't have any names for you for Australian independent media um, sources, but I listen to other, other independent media sources from uh, the US and from Europe. And the numbers, because we're talking about a, a virus that affects people, so not talking about politics, we're talking about the numbers of this virus that affect people, they are relatable to Australia. And you can see from what's happening in, in our country and what our politicians are doing that they're not talking about the actual other information that's out there and giving people the whole picture. I'm not against the vaccine. I'm double vaccinated. I got it done back in August. I don't care about that. I'm against it being mandated. I'm against people not being able to work because of it. Uh, and and I'm, I'm against other information that could be helpful for people being suppressed or just left in the back corner and not talked about. Most people don't even know that there's something called monoclonal antibodies that is hugely successful and effective against, against um, COVID-19. In Australia, the TGA has approved it for use in people over 55 years old uh, under the name of Sotrovimab. Sotrovimab? Sotrovimab? I don't know how to say that. Sotrovimab. Right? It's, it's monoclonal antibodies. Approved, approved for use in people over 50, 55 years with one or more of the following risk factors, diabetes, obesity, asthma, kidney disease, heart failure, lung disease. Shitloads of people over 55 have that. They're all the people in the high-risk um, category that we're all worried about. There's another treatment available for them. It's a therapeutic. Um, it's called monoclonal antibodies under the name of uh, the brand name of Sotrovimab. And it, it's been shown to reduce hospitalization or death by 79%. That's higher in other countries. In Australia, they're saying 79%. Fine. 
between 79 and 88% is the same range of the efficacy of the vaccines, okay? And you haven't heard about it. It's not being talked about. My parents didn't even know about it, and they're in the high-risk category, right? And it's available to them if they were to get sick. It it's also works as preventative, but you can use it when you're sick, and it gives you cover, lasting cover for up to, up to eight months, okay, if you, if you were to get reinfected, which is longer than the vaccine. Not saying there's anything wrong with the vaccine. I'm saying there's other things we can do as well that we're not being told about. It's not the only thing in the world you can do. Oh, the, oh the, what about the, the vulnerable people? There's something else they can do aside from vitamin D and aside from fucking um, yeah, uh, you know, healthy diet, sleep, less alcohol the, the, um, and um, exercise. There's these monoclonal antibodies that we're not talking about, right? And then the other thing that they're talking about now, the new scare tactic, the new way for the fucking government to change the goalposts again and keep us all locked down and under control and take more of our fucking soul from us is the new fucking Omicron fucking variant that's come out of South Africa and it's you know, twice as, as uh, uh, um, it's twice as, as uh, infectious as, as the Delta variant. Yeah, there's also so far no deaths recorded for, recorded from the Omicron variant. So apparently, far less. Uh, um, it's it's far less. Uh, um, dangerous to us I can't think of the word Off the top of my head While I'm trying to rant But basically There's no deaths recorded From so far And uh, the vaccine Isn't very good At giving you protection From it But we've admitted it Virologists have admitted This ages ago That that we're going to all Be exposed to COVID-19 Sometime sooner or later So what we need to do Is stop keeping The fucking economy Locked down And people in cages And whipping our population And telling them That you will do What we say When you actually Work for us And open things up 77% vaccine rate People can't work They already can't work So it's going to sort itself out The rest of the people Eventually If they're going to get it They're going to get it If they're not going to get it You can't fucking make them Just move on You've already got the fucking 77% of the population Fully vaccinated And those numbers Will go up a little bit further um, And and basically If we're going to get The disease Let's get the Omicron one Because it's not as It's not as potent And we know That once people have been Once people have been uh, Oh no I'm getting Someone's ringing me. Once we once we have been um, uh, infected, the antibodies last for far far longer. There's people who were infected in January, February last year that still have antibodies. You know, that still have antibodies all this time later. And even if you were reinfected or came into contact with it, it didn't really affect them in the same way. They didn't know about it because you got great great uh, coverage from the original antibodies from having having the disease itself. So people are vaccinated. They're going to get the Omicron one. They're going to get less sick because they've already been vaccinated and it's less powerful and things coming anyway. Let's open up the borders. Let's just let ourselves get fucking herd immunity and get over with this thing. They say it's, it's slowly getting weaker and weaker as the variants come out anyway. So we're not going to – all we're doing is prolonging things, dragging it out, ruining businesses and 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 the economy, the micro economies, not the big economies, because the mining companies are doing fine. Don't worry about that. But we're, we're ruining people's lives and small economies, and people keeping people at home and in quarantine, and depressed, and drinking, and all sorts of shit going on. And we should just be letting this thing come in, run its course, use the fucking other therapeutics that we've got, get people vaccinated. And just deal with it. Like Florida, everybody shat all over Florida in, this, in the in the states because they were they opened up like April last year and just started doing shit again with you know minor restrictions to try and um, try and stay on top of it. And everyone said it was so so irresponsible of them, and the death rate was huge. It was through the roof. You look at the numbers now on the official website um, for deaths in the in the United States per hundred thousand, and uh, Florida's about halfway down that list per hundred thousand people. They're about half the way down the list. So 
in the overall scheme of things, their economy is booming. Everyone's moving there because they're opened up and shit's back to normal. They had an influx of people dying at the very start and now they've got this herd immunity and their death rate is about in the middle there's there's half the states that are better than them and half the states that are worse than them so it's worked out for them in the long run that is the facts they are the numbers the numbers are out there there's other independent media sources who'll give you actual numbers not scare tactics not the gov- the government led narrative that you're hearing from this cockhead mark mcgowan and the rest of his little dictatorship buddies from all the fiefdoms around australia at the moment it's not reality we're living in. It's bullshit. They're now talking about that now the TGA has approved vaccines, Pfizer vaccines from five to 11-year-olds. How long until that becomes a new mandate? I'm not giving my fucking five-year-old and my seven-year-old boy, my five-year-old girl and my seven-year-old boy a vaccine when there is shown uh, uh, complication, possible complications with young boys under the age of 12 getting the vaccine against a disease that's not going to fucking bother him. Fuck off. Fuck off. We need to take our fucking power back. Next year, they need to get out of our way. We're the people. They're the government. They fucking work for us. Enough's enough. Australia, get off your fucking knees. Stop being bitches. Stand up to the fucking government. We're not fucking convicts anymore. They're not going to fucking hang us if we fucking step out of line. We run the show. They don't run it. Sick of the fucking bullshit. i got to get out here. Rant fucking over. Peace out. Average Man Podcast, episode 110. Fucking stranglehold. Over and out. Bye.